Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Angelo Christian. Thanks for being on the show, Angelo. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me today, man. Yeah, I appreciate your time and just uh, giving your expertise on the show and providing value. Angelo is the CEO of Christian Financial. It's a holdings company. And they did over $102 million in sales last year. He's a published author. He's a coach. He also has a real estate university. And Angelo, thanks again for your time and being on the show and provide the listeners a little more about just who you are and what your focus is right now. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, we're a nationwide holdings company. Uh, we specialize in commercial residential banking. So let's say that it's a veteran that wants to get a VA loan to buy a home, or it's a first time buyer millennial, they need to get a mortgage. Let's say that it's a big time investor that wants to take down a 300 apartment unit complex, or somebody that owns a business that wants to refinance cash out. We do that all over the country for everybody, whether they have platinum credit, whether it's hard money, subprime, you know, we're there as their go-to source for funding. We really were outside the box lender. We try to make, you know, make deals work, try to fund. You know, we've been known and claimed we've been in Bloomberg, CNN, Good Morning America, you know, things like that for helping people to get the funding that most banks don't do, right? And most banks want 20 or 30% down. You have to have an 800 credit, never made one mistake in your life. And so we're there to help people in the middle market. You know, the guy that is, uh, you know, can pay his mortgage, pays his rent, but maybe he doesn't have seller credit, or maybe he doesn't have 20 or 30% down, or somebody that maybe they had some challenges in the past with a bankruptcy. We're there to help them to get them the funding they need and deserve so they can have a better life and take their life to the next level. Because buying that house, refinancing that business, paying off that debt is a huge part of someone's life and helping them accomplish the next level. And then we also we invest in multi-unit housing. That's a whole other sector where we personally invest our company's holdings into apartment complexes. And then we also have a real estate university. But our core business is the mortgage lending and the multi-unit housing investments. Nice. So you know, on the lending side, how much are you all working with syndicators or people who are buying large multifamily or commercial properties of some kind? Yeah. I mean, right now it's about 20% of our volume. It's about 20%. We want it to be more. And so our focus for the last 15 years has been residential. And so we've been in the last 12 months really been pushing on the commercial and the industrial as an aggregator. So we're now we're starting to see a lot more of that too. So yeah, I mean, we love that opportunity. We also are a big uh, reverse mortgage lender. I don't know if you know that much about the reverse mortgage. But we love that program and helping senior citizens too. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, you know, as far as uh, I'd like to focus on that, the relationship between like you and the syndicator, you know, a little bit or how they come to you for funding and what that looks like and kind of what you're looking for. And so, you know, I know a lot of the listeners are like just getting started in the syndication business. And, uh, you know, so how they should be prepared as far as, you know, whether it's the underwriting that they've already done or, or how they present an opportunity to you all, you know, and so, so they know funding is more likely to happen or, or some things that would kill the deal. Right, right. So let's say that it's a, you know, a hundred unit apartment complex, for example, and it's for $40 million. And so a lot of things that we're going to be looking at is if there, if it is a syndication, the other banks that are already involved, typically we want to see that there's a, a term sheet or a loan commitment from another bank. 
Normally, we want to see equity in the deal of usually 25%. I mean, it can be from investment funds or assets on hand or pledged assets, right? And then, you know, typically we want to see, you know, at least a 680 credit if it was a personal guarantor. We can do the whole thing in the business in an LLC or an S Corp or a C Corp. And if the business is, has strong financials, we won't need any type of um, personal guarantee. We want a debt service coverage of at least, you know, one to one or one and a quarter. And, you know, we want to make sure we're really our main concern if we're doing multi-unit housing is how that asset's been performing. Obviously, we want the rent rolls. We want to take a look at the leases when they renew. The, the actual appraisal, the location is very important to us. We really don't want to do anything that's too rural. You know, we want to be in a major metropolitan area. So the asset is really the most important thing to us. So we can do interest-only terms as well. And so we love multi-unit housing. It's one of our favorite things. And so what I would say to a lot of investors out there is in the beginning, if you're starting out, you got to start a little bit smaller and then kind of leg your way into it and grow or, you know, create a, a S corp or a partnership, limited partnership with a group, and then put your, pool your funding together uh, if you're trying to take down larger units, you know? So but those are typically the main things that we're looking for in the underwrite. Now, that's some really good points there. So, but to dive just a little bit deeper, like you say, term sheet, what is that? So when I say that's the loan commitment that we're giving to the client, it's kind of like when you buy a house, you want a pretty approval letter. So the term sheet is what we're actually giving to the investor to show that that's our commitment to lend. And that has the terms as far as the interest rate, the points, the loan to value ratio, and the conditions for the closing. Awesome. So, you know, as far as interest and points and some things like that, is there any kind of guidelines you could talk about as far as what we should expect at the moment as far as interest rates on a $40 million, 100 unit property like you were talking about? Yeah, I would say it depends on the borrower, the strength of the borrower. If he's a seasoned pro, he can get like Fannie Mae pricing and get interest rates in the fives, you know. If it's a guy that has shaky credit, but he's got good assets, he might see something around seven. So if it's a hard money deal, I mean, it could be 10, 12%, right? So it really depends on the situation with the, the applicant or the, or the business or the company or the borrowers. So if it's solid financials, you're looking at rates, yeah, the high fours, low fives. Points are typically usually about two points from the A paper, the prime stuff. And if it's a, you know, a hard money deal, it could be you know, four or five points on it. And I wonder, you know, like in your just many years of being in this business and just seeing uh, lots of people get started, you know, that's never done a syndication before, never done a large deal. Is there anybody or a way, not them specifically, but a way that they stood out, you know, like above the rest, like, okay, I know this person's going somewhere. This is somebody we definitely want to work with to provide a loan for. Like some way they stood out that when they came to you or the way they presented the deal to you or the way they were prepared or anything like that. Well, I mean, typically what I see like larger investors, they normally started off, you know, smaller, right? They started off with five units or 10 units, and then they built a portfolio and there was a track record with us. And I don't think of anyone right now that started just buying 100 unit or 200 unit apartment complexes from the onset, right? Normally they start with a house and then they say, well, let me see if I can do a duplex. And then let me see from there if I can do a five unit. And from there, they learn the business and they start to get cash flow, and then they kind of just scale, right? And then they get investors, they make a partnership. How they present themselves, their financials are very well in order, their rent rolls are very well in order. When they go to purchase a deal, they've done their homework, right? They On the location, the equity, the debt service, the net operating income, 
you know, how they think the asset's going to perform. So they present a full package to us so we can underwrite the file quickly and quickly give them a term sheet. And they're very organized, right? I mean, people that are sloppy and they're not together and they want to apply for a loan, the underwriters are not going to take them seriously. Yeah, no, I like that. Presenting a full package, they've done as much due diligence as they can up to that point, pretty much. You really have to. I mean, you really have to. If you're taking a loan to a bank or a lender and you're serious about getting the loan, usually these the properties that were like, for example, Orlando is a very hot market right now for multi-unit housing. So is Jacksonville, Port St. Lucie in Florida, Athens, Georgia, Houston, Texas is really hot. Austin is a hot market. Charlotte, North Carolina. And these people, these investors are really doing their homework and making sure that the property has the equity spread they're looking for. It's performing. And normally what I see a lot of these investors, what they're doing is they're trying to make their complex stand out by doing things differently, maybe adding more renovations, interesting things like technology, state of the art to the apartment or adding fences around the units uh, or different things with like service that they're going to offer to the, the consumer so they can raise the rents and increase the value of the property and basically set new comps for the market. So that's what I see a lot of the good investors doing. Nice. So they're finding ways to add value that's kind of out of the box a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like one of them, for example, that I know of, he will allow pets and, but he charges, you know, an extra deposit and he built fences for the dogs or the cats uh, for each one of the units. And so he's attracting a certain clientele that has pets and he's able to raise his rents by like 9% because he's been able to do that. It's kind of interesting. It's a niche that because a lot of apartments, they don't like pets or dogs or they charge really high premiums uh, or fees to be able to have a pet. And so he basically labeled himself at one of the complexes as the pet niche apartment, right? So it's, it's pretty cool. By having a little fence. I mean, not many people in an apartment have their own little yard for their yeah, animal. Yeah. 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 Wow. So just doing things differently. As far as on the lending side, as far as underwriting, how do you like to see that presented to you? Or, you know, and, and exactly, is there certain ways you like to see that presented? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like 80% of our business is residential. So, and then 20% right now is, is commercial and, and syndications. And typically, you know, if we're talking about like a residential deal or even uh, commercial, they have to have their last two years of financials, right? And then they need to have their pro forma showing like if their projections. Uh, if it's a business or it's a, a rental income property, income producing property, pro forma for the next year, they need to have their rent rolls in place, all the rent rolls that they have, the copy of their credit report, tri-merge credit report, their loan application, the 1003 that's completely filled out. You know, and then they have to provide their a wage earner, their pay stubs, if they're self-employed, their bank statements, and then a copy of their bank statements for the last two months or where the funds for the down payment are going to be coming from. And then an executive summary, summarizing what their goal is, what the intent is, what they're trying to do. And then really, we want that all zipped up in a folder and all in PDF as preferred. And then either hand-delivered or emailed to us or Dropbox, you know, then we'll be able to underwrite that loan. We can actually review that loan in as fast as 72 hours for a decision, So, which is pretty good. Yeah. Wow. 72 hours. And I would imagine if we have that package already put together like you just laid out there. I mean, it's going to make it a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yes. If somebody sends us one page at a time, it's not going to happen in 72 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not at all. If that's the case, right? So, you know, as far as on your all's multifamily investing side, you know, what kind of opportunities are you all looking for or maybe your buying criteria? 
Yeah. So yeah, for us, like one of the things that we do with the company is any extra cash flow is investing in multi-unit housing. And we so we look for prime locations. Like we think Texas, you know, Houston is a very hot market. I mentioned Orlando. These are areas that we're personally investing in. You know, Kissimmee, that's outside of uh, Disney World. We love uh, Georgia. And we really stay on the southeast side, Tennessee. We've also Kentucky, Virginia. That's probably as, as north as we'll go is going to be Virginia. And um, really just looking for properties that have a, a least margin of safety of equity of about 20% where we can get on the discount. So if it's, let's say that they're asking $5 million for the unit, we think it's worth about $6 million, So we have some safety in there to go and purchase it. And then you know we're looking at the, studying the demographics, what we think the long-term prospects are for the rental income to keep occurring. And then we're looking for a return ideally of about 15% or higher, or if we can, can we change something to this dynamic of this unit to make it more interesting to raise the rents to get that type of return, right? So those are our main criteria. Uh, when We're not going to just go, and then like I mentioned earlier, we really try to stay away from very rural areas, you know, the, uh, the populations, you know, under 100,000 people. You know, we just don't want to get stuck in something that if something goes sour that we can't get out of it. Yeah. yeah there's just not as many buyers, right? Right. Right. You know, so you said like 100,000 people or less. So if it's, I mean, is there like a, a sweet spot as far as you want, you know, 500,000 people and you want this much growth or, I mean, or is it just pretty common? No, I mean, it depends on, like we do the research, right? Like we love Colorado Springs right now, Colorado. We have to see what the growth is, what's happening, people, the influx with uh, people moving in, the wages, how the wages are doing from the economic standpoint, the jobs, the job market, the property values, what's happening with the property values. Like, for example, San Diego is beautiful, but you can't really buy anything over there that's affordable and the net operating income is so low from a return standpoint. But that was the time to get into there was 20 years ago, right? So we're looking for the next 20 years, where do we want to be? And some of these states that I mentioned is where we're seeing the long-term opportunities, right? Houston, for example, I mean, we have the, you know, one of the best medical centers in the country, oil and gas, and we have the port here that's opening up. And then, you know, the, the government's really in Texas is really trying to create Texas Houston to be another conference center like Orlando, like Vegas. So, you know, you think about all that and the job market's very strong over here. This would be a good long-term area to buy apartments. So that's what we do. We bought apartments here in Houston. So, you know, somewhere that's already oversat, like Austin is kind of a little oversaturated right now, Austin, Texas. You know, the time to get into Austin was like 10 years ago. So we're looking for the trend, right? And seeing what's happening. So what's been the hardest part of the syndication business specifically for you? Usually it's, you know, what we see is normally just putting the deal together and getting everyone to agree. Usually the other banks that could be involved in structuring the deal, like how much equity they want, what they're going to be holding for collateral, who's getting what piece of the pie, and then getting the seller and buyer to agree and then closing on time. A lot of stuff can fall apart during the process, right? And you'd be surprised, like, you know, it's, it's, you talk, you see all these big deals that close, but for every one deal that closes, probably a hundred that fell apart. And it's usually in the underwriting, you know, usually in the underwriting that something falls apart. So what are some maybe key things or what is one or two things where you see someone made a mistake in the underwriting that made a deal fall apart? Usually it's, uh, you mean the underwriter making the mistake or the client? Uh, like the client. Okay. Typically with them, it could be usually where we see documenting the, the funds for closing. Let's say that, you know, for this $40 million deal that they need to put, 
you know, 10 million down. And when we gave them the term sheet, they had 6 million on hand and they were going to be relying on investors to get the other 4 million. They can't get the cash, right? So if you can't get the money, then we don't have a loan, right? So I would say that my suggestion, what I always tell people is, and it doesn't matter what you're buying, that you need to make sure that you have the money in your account. And it's better to wait before you go put the offer and put up earnest money because you can risk losing your earnest money and your deal fall apart if you don't have access to the funds. So funds to closing is critical because that's where a lot of deals fall apart. And then the other thing is that sometimes the appraisal doesn't appraise out. The property doesn't appraise, right? The seller was asking too much. You know, like we had one that was a $13 million one in Jacksonville and appraisal came in at $9 million. So, you know, it's $4 million short. So, you know, the deal falls apart. So you got to be careful not to overpay. So can you share why the appraisal was so much lower than what that syndicator expected or that, that individual? Yeah, well, I mean, it was the comps in the market. He was trying to get like 150000 a door for the apartment complex and all the comps in the area were only supporting about 100000 per unit. And uh, it was just overpriced. And he thought that he could get away with it because he did a huge remodel to it. But the remodel didn't justify the valuation. So that was the main reason on that. We just have to be careful. And those are the two main things I would say if I was going to be getting to the apartment investing. So is there a way that you suggest for syndicators to improve their business, you know, in some way that you say that really stands out to you, maybe a way you've recently improved your business? Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously you got to know your numbers, keep an eye on the financials, keep an eye on your costs, keep your costs down. I have a adage, I always say that expenses are like fingernails. You always have to keep trimming them. So watching the costs very carefully from a recruiting standpoint, hire very good people, hire the best people, have great training. Your business model, you should add a significant amount of value to your client, be customer obsessed. I would say that those are the main things that have helped me with building my business, at least four things, right? And so anyone that's out there that's trying to build a business, it doesn't matter if it's syndication, real estate, whatever, you have to have great people. You have to be customer centric. You have to add value. You have to make a profit, right? If you're not making a profit, then you can't be in business unless you have investors like Jeff Bezos that will let you run for 25 years and not have any returns. I wish I had investors like that. So what would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Man, it's, uh, I would say that that's a good question, actually. I would say hunger, man, hard work, work your butt off, you know, and then you have to be very hungry for success. And then also say this, I want to add a caveat to that. One of my mentors told me that the saddest thing in life is getting good at the wrong thing. So you don't want to be in a tailspin and be hard working on the wrong thing. So you have to make sure that you're giving yourself at least on a a daily or weekly basis for analysis to make sure that your actions are in alignment with the vision, with the purpose. Because if they're not, you have to keep tuning and adjusting until you get to the vision. I like that a lot. The saddest thing in life is getting good at the wrong thing. What, what a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could be working hard all day, but if it's not getting anywhere, you're not effective, what does it matter? You're running on a treadmill. Yeah, exactly. So, and the last question, uh, unfortunately, we're about out of time, but, uh, you know, how do you like to give back? Yeah. So we actually have, that's a great question as well. We have a foundation that I've started, Angelo Christian Foundation. So I don't know if you know my story. I grew up poor, broken, homeless on the city of Houston. And so Angelo Christian Foundation is leaving no child left behind, right? So we're one of the biggest sponsors of the Wounded Warrior Project that's disabled veterans. 
Susan G. Komen, the breast cancer. My mother passed away from breast cancer, so we're a big advocate, the donator of that. And then Angelo Christian Foundation is helping children to give them the financial, the spiritual, the mentorship, so they can get you know to the next level with their life with education, providing funding for school, books, you know, whatever they need to get to the next level. Awesome. No, I really appreciate you sharing that and giving back the way that you do. That's awesome. Absolutely. You have to, man. You have to. Yeah, Angelo, you know, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and just sharing your expertise and uh, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you. Yeah, so absolutely. If you guys need help with any funding, commercial, residential, please, you can call my office directly at 832-431-6331. Check us out on YouTube, Angelo Christian Mortgage or Instagram, or you can also check us out on my website is official angelochristian.com. I'd love to help with any of your real estate goals, apartment, buying a home, whatever you need. Call Angelo Christian. Awesome. Well, I hope the listeners will call Angelo Christian and I hope they'll also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. And I'd love to talk to you there. Also go to the Facebook group, the Real Estate Syndication Show, where we can all learn and grow our businesses together and learn from experts like Angelo. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Angelo. We will talk to all the listeners tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.